Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, April Rennie. So how do you think students who are graduating in 2022 should be thinking about that first job, Mm. that first step? What a great question. Well, one thing, and this came up in a conversation recently, and again, advantages and disadvantages of the great resignation and all the flux we are in and everything else, graduating seniors are in a very fortunate position. If you want a job, there are jobs. I would encourage no one to take that for granted. You actually have more choice, more opportunity than I think a lot of graduating classes have had for a very, very long time. That's super exciting. Gives you a little more flexibility too. You don't have to take the first job you get, presumably. I would encourage, so here's where it's so interesting. The hardest, I often find that the hardest step for many people of different ages to take is to acknowledge that it's not about a ladder. And I think a lot of our brains are like, it's not about a ladder. It's not about a ladder. And yet we're bombarded every day with messages about get on a ladder, get on a ladder. If we can let go of it has to be a ladder, all of a sudden you start looking at what's my first job? What do I want to do? You want to go as broad as you possibly can in terms of you want to follow your curiosity. You want to recognize that this first job is not your be all end all. It is far more likely than not that it ends up being not what you do long-term, but that it teaches you valuable skills about humans, about human relationships, about meaning, about purpose. I hope it actually teaches you some aspect of what you definitely don't want to do and a lot of what you do. All of these things are are equally valuable. And so even when I go back and I had, I had jobs always from, I well, Money was tight in my household growing up. And so I I started my first venture when I was eight. I was I was sewing clothes and selling clothes when I was in high school. So I was always I had been have I had odd jobs, right? I didn't have like a job, but I was earning income from a young age. And so just to make ends meet. And if I wanted anything, it was going to be up to me. Um, But then obviously my parents died and all of a sudden what it meant to be self-sufficient started to matter in very different ways, but also 
so I want to say I had jobs prior. My first job was not guiding hiking and biking trips, but as a graduating senior, my first job post-graduation, I had a fellowship for one year. And then my first job was guiding these trips. And again, though, I want to go back. Everyone's saying, go to a consulting firm, go to a consulting firm, go to a consulting firm. And I was like, no. So if I were to line up my job guiding hiking trips against traditional criteria, it would have met pretty much none of them other than the travel. Will I get global exposure? Yes. Because I knew I wanted an international career. Was I going to make a bunch of money? No. Was I going to go to an office? No. Was I going to meet? Well, I did meet some very important, interesting, amazing people who changed my life on these trips. But was I going to, was that a guarantee? No. Was I going to get to dress up in a business suit? No. I was actually going to wear shorts and a t-shirt every day. Like no criteria, right? And yet I listened to my heart. I listened to my soul. I said, what is, how do I feel when I imagine doing this? And it was like every cell in my body lit on fire. And I was like, I think that matters a lot more. Now I do want to be clear. Again, I had to be self-sufficient. I couldn't, it wasn't saying I'm just going to go. I, I could not have volunteered for four years. I'm not saying for a minute that money doesn't matter. What I am saying is money matters I won't say less, it matters in very different ways than we think it will. So I had to, I had to be able to net out financially how this was going to work. So the way I put it, I was not earning anything close to enough money to be able to pay a mortgage, raise a family, right? But I was like, I'm not planning on having a family anytime soon. Also, what I heard from a lot of people is, again, you're escaping, you're whatever. But people also ask me, how can you afford? How can you afford to do this? And I was like, hmm, what you do not realize is that my overhead, my living costs just plummeted to about zero. My employer pays for me to get to these countries. It pays for my accommodation while I'm traveling. And then even though, yes, I'm not banking lots and lots of money, it provided ample. What I ended up doing basically was working nonstop for about seven months each year. Because you, you're usually not hiking and biking in January. It's kind of wet and cold and yucky, at least in the markets I was working. I earned plenty of money, worked seven months of the year, and then had enough income to go and travel for the other five. But here's the hook. The cost of living in the places I was traveling was so much lower than it ever would have been in the United States. So it's fascinating. Again, challenging these paradigms, challenging these assumptions and expectations. First and foremost is that notice what roles, what jobs, what opportunities light your soul on fire, and then get really creative. Think through some of the financial logistical implications, but use it as an opportunity, as a time to do a lot of experimenting in that regard. Okay. Are you ready for this, April? Yeah, I'm ready. I think (laughs) what what I landed on as the metaphor that I teach the students I coach is that they should be like a mad scientist in a laboratory Mm, who has her test tubes and those goofy goggles on and the Bunsen burner, because what does a mad scientist do? Well, she's trying to find the right formula. So she experiments and she's putting chemicals in and sometimes it blows up in her face and she's covered in soot. And ultimately she finds the right formula. And the only way that these young people can screw up is by not doing. Correct. And I love that. I love, so I'm also, I'll add to this mad scientist. 
sometimes there's a little bit of like alchemy. So you're like an alchemist and alchemy. If you're not familiar with the term, it's like the ability to turn things into gold. Yep. Paulo Coelho wrote the book, but also just if we look historically, alchemy was one of the most powerful vocations one could have. It was the ability to turn substances into gold among other things, but like, wow. And it gets a little bit, there's a mystical side to alchemy and all this other stuff, but like, it's the mad scientist alchemist. What I love though, that you brought up, you're wearing your goggles. You've got gloves on if need be. You know that some things are more likely than not to combust perhaps kind of, you know, like what you're, you're experimenting. Cause I continued, there was this whole sense of like, where do I draw the line? And I can say this too, because, because my situation, I had to take responsibility for myself. Like if something screwed up, I didn't have a home to go home to. I mean, I had extended family. I had people that cared about me. I didn't have my sounding boards. I had to be really, I had to be really responsible. And there's a difference between experimenting and being downright foolish. I wanted to experiment as much as I possibly could. And I didn't want to be stupid. So I knew that I needed to wear goggles. I knew that I needed to have some gloves, but once those goggles were on, bring it. Like, what more can we mix together? Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.